idea. I will find him! Not about deserve. It's about what you believe. Could have just peed on Like brunch. Like, what is brunch? The story of the defiance is well known. What, are we some kind of suicide squad? Heroes don't kill people. Well, I do. Martha! Hello everybody and welcome back to Enter the Snyderverse where we will be going through every movie in the DCEU. I am one of your hosts, the bastard son of Atlantis, I'm Kyle. And I am the true born son of Atlantis, uh, Ocean, I mean Nathan. Oh my gosh, we have to fight Nathan. We're, we're going to have a trident fight on an upside down submarine, Kyle. No, but before that we have to have a trident fight in a ring of fire that's actually a big like arena where... They have scoreboards and pros and cons lists of the fighters, like a video game. Terrific. Absolutely 10 out of 10. Kyle, what are we here to talk about? Uh, We're here to talk about Aquaman, obviously, in case it wasn't clear by the video and what we've just been talking about. (laughs) Yeah, we are. 2018's Aquaman? 2018's Aquaman, as directed by James Wan. Oh, terrific. Absolutely inspired. Inspired. Um... So this is your first time watching this, yeah? Are you going to say that every single episode? Absolutely. Yes, it's my first th- that's the premise of the show, Nathan, is Abs- that I've not seen any of these Absolutely, movies Kyle. before. Absolutely. It's part of the build-up, Kyle. It's all part of the build-up, right? I see, okay. It's setting okay. the stage for anyone that's just jumped in on Aquaman. They just want to hear what we think of 2018's Aquaman. Their favourite uh-huh. superhero, Kyle. Everyone's favourite superhero is Aquaman. Everyone's favourite superhero. So we need to just have everyone be able to drip it, dripping, keep the keep the water puns coming this episode. Oh, yeah. And just know the, the concept of what we're doing here. So yeah, um, what, what are we saying, Kyle? What do we think of uh, this film off the top? Well, before that, I was going to ask you to tell me about James Wan, because I don't know anything about James Wan. So James Wan's a horror director. I heard that. Um, he does like... Um, the Exorcist films or something, right? The, con- the Conjuring, Kyle. The, the con- Conjuring. Okay, the rip-off of The Exorcist films. How, no, <laughs> how dare you? No, I love The Exorcist. Look, I'm a big Exorcist fan. But The Conjuring is within its own right, actually based on a real true story, for one. Oh, sure. Okay. With, like The people in it are like real people. The Warrens were a real investigative family. Also, f- eh, funnily enough, Orm, Aquaman's brother, Mm-hmm. is the lead protagonist in those films. Ah, so that's how he nailed the the, the role of Arm then. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so James Wan, for my money, quite an unconventional casting choice, to be honest with you. He isn't who I would have necessarily immediately put into this. Mm-hmm. But for my, he knocked it out of the park. He also directed Saw, iconic gore horror film. he done Tokyo Drift, Kyle. <laughs> oh, everyone's favourite Fast and Furious movie. It was it Tokyo Drift or was it Fast 7? Hold on. I, c- I could be just terrifically insensitive here to someone's filmography. Just because I think the Fast and the Furious movies are all schlock, you know? <laughs> I was thinking, like, we're going to run out of DC movies eventually. Maybe we move on to other franchises and Fast and Furious is one of those franchises. <laughs> yeah, it is. And they're still pumping them out. So, um, yeah, he was the writer... The, the, the writer? He was a director on quite a few Saw films... No, sorry, he was a executive producer attached to a lot of Saw films. I apologise. He only d- 
directed the first one and he had a story credit on the first one as well. The Conjuring, that's really what his horror baby became. He also helped with Insidious, the Insidious franchise. I loved Insidious movies. So not a guy you'd pick for a big silly action movie then? Not a guy you'd pick for a big silly action movie at all, right? He is He's a smaller, spooky kind of director. Mm-hmm. But he's clearly got the chops, Kyle, doesn't he? Yes. Or well, does he? Or does he, Kyle? You might disagree. Well, of course. Um, this is one of the higher reviewed DC movies. Critics score sixty six percent and audience seventy two percent. Sixty six lower than I would give it, probably to be perfectly honest. But you know, it's it's a positive. It is a positive. Um, this film made a billion dollars, Kyle. <laughs> I did. I did know that. Yes. Yeah. Um, people were. All about Aquaman. <laughs> and you know what? I, th- I think well-deserved. I thoroughly enjoy 2018's Aquaman. I'm not necessarily saying it's high art. Oh, no. But it's very from, silly. From the point it starts to the point it ends, I am fully, fully invested in the story and the world and the characters. Something about it. I just buy everything. I think this is a very entertaining movie. I think a lot of it might fall apart without the charisma of Jason Momoa. But, you know, he's there and he's making it work. I mean, how do you reinvent Aquaman as a character? You know, I know we've spoken about Jason Momoa and both briefly in Batman vs Superman and in Justice League primarily. Mm -hmm. But this is his outing. You know, this is where you're going to prove is Aquaman a real character. Once again, crazy that this came out after Justice League. Well, yeah, so... Were you surprised when you got one Steppenwolf name drop in this film? That's like, that feels like a line that you could edit out and just say this is a prequel to Justice League and it would be fine. I don't even know why they bothered. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I think. I guess because there's the scene in Justice League where he doesn't know Mira yet, so yeah, whatever. It, it could be stuff like that, I suppose. Um, though he doesn't get her name until this film, I suppose. Uh-huh. It's neither here nor there to me. That this set after Justice League. It's a more it's big it's a bigger problem for Justice League than it is for this film. Yeah, exactly. Because this film could very easily be the Iron Man of this universe. Like it so doesn't matter when it's set, you know? Yeah. But the same merit, it doesn't really crutch on the rest of the franchise. I think maybe that's why this film done so well. This film doesn't go shared universe, hit the hammer on the anvil, you know? No, that's true. There's that's like the only reference I can think of to another DC thing. This is totally it's about Stephen Wolf. This is the first DCEU movie that does not feature or mention or have any visual references to Batman. That, that, is, that is dangerous new waters, as it were. It is, yeah. We're in choppy seas, Kyle. Uncharted seas, yeah. And yeah, uh-huh. um, you don't want to hit that Batman iceberg. And this film dodges it. It doesn't feel the need to bring in other cameos to get audiences interested. People were interested in what this film had to show. Are you saying it doesn't have any cameos? Because it has my favourite cameo, which is Boba Fett is in this movie, right That's the not a cameo, Kyle. <laughs> that is an important character. I suppose he is. I can't remember his name now. Tamara Morrison? I, yeah, I, I know the actor's name, the character's name. Oh, he's called Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe he's actually called Pops. Thank you very much. Oh, sorry, yeah. He's, he's, he's Pops Curry. Yeah. Because that's um, Aquaman's real name, Arthur. Like like King Arthur, do you get it? I got it, Kyle. It's symbolism. This and Hail through the ST, eh? Uh huh. I mean, really, this movie is a love story. It's a love story between Boba Fett and um, Nicole oh, Kidman. Okay. Nicole Kidman, yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it is. You know what? I know that like 
there's the thing, you know, about big name actors being in these superhero films and just counting money as they're saying their lines. Uh-huh. But I just loved some of the big names in this. There's a lot of weirdly big names in this film. What is Willem Dafoe doing in the Aquaman movie? <laughs> He's playing a non-evil vizier. What 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 is that even? I don't understand this. He's just he's a good he's he's um Aquaman's butler. He's Al- Aquaman's Alfred. <laughs> I mean, I guess he is still a traitorous vizier. It's just the traitorous vizier is a good guy this time. Yeah, uh-huh. Exactly. There's never a vizier that's loyal to the king, you know. He's loyal to Jason Momoa, goddammit. To the, that's to good the one true king. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know what? I'm here for it. Um, we have also Dolph Lundgren as another, as another yeah. king as, of one of the other underwater kingdoms. She was up riding a seahorse, he does. Absolutely terrific. I think the art style in this film is amazing. Yeah, I, I appreciate it for going all in. There's some of the stuff that looks a bit odd to me, which we'll get to. But overall, um, it's like it... It's like they took underwater and said, we're just going to make it an entire fantasy land down there. It's like an entire separate universe underwater. Right. And I, I, I'm fine with it. <laughs> no, it's I, it's interesting. It's it's very expensive. I think I said this to you um, when, we, when we spoke about it after we watched it. I think there is more world building in this movie than there is in the rest of the DCEU. What, before and after? Eh... Uh, Potentially after, but definitely before. <laughs> I would agree with that. I think this film is very unembarrassed about its premise. This movie reminds me of like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I, I do. I do mean that in a positive way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. It's a very long movie. It's it's very um expansive with its world building there's lots of epic battles and there's we have to unite the six kingdoms against the worlds of man and all this yeah i remember and because this came out in the shadow of infinity war right and uh, infinity war yes i guess kind of so yeah kept a lot of its big reveals hidden in its marketing like it tried to be like a secret you you knew there was fights but you didn't really know what where the fights were or anything. The, I'm pretty sure the tr- this film really swung for the fences with its trailers. I think its <laughs> trailers basically are just covered with third act battle. Like That's what the film tried to sell you on. It didn't really make mm-hmm. it seem like it was going to be this uh, underwater fantasy flick. It, I think it tried to really sell itself as an action movie. I mean, it is also an action movie. So. It is, but it's also two and a half hours. Yes. You know, there's a lot in there to do stuff with. So what do you want to talk about first with this, Kyle? I don't know, there's a lot of movie to discuss, isn't there? <laughs> there is, there really, really is. Oh, do we want to maybe talk about our cast? I know we've let's briefly talk, spoken about, about the big cast. the big names, mm-hmm. but we do have quite the cast here, you know? I really enjoyed Jason Momoa and Tamara Morrison acting against each other. I think, I think having had watched this before Justice League, I would have appreciated Jason Momoa more, because seeing this now, he's so underutilized in Justice League. <laughs> Yeah, he absolutely is. Absolutely. Like, he is, he's great and he's charismatic and he's not a very traditional hero, which I really appreciated because I've got like a Lego Aquaman behind me right yeah. now. And classic <laughs> Aquaman is like, he's, he's typical. He looks like almost any generic superhero ever. He's just a guy with a set of blonde hair and a sort of weird fish outfit, right? He's Barnacle Boy. He is Barnacle Boy. Yeah. 
and I assume personality-wise, he's very generic. I don't know. I don't know much about Aquaman, I'll be honest. But I assume he's like, I will save the day. I know the memes. Yeah. He talks to fish, which he does do again in this movie. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, who cares? I I like the effect they do for it, where it's like the big rings. Yeah, I appreciate it when, like, mind controls type stuff is actually visualised. Yeah, so do I. So do I. It's like in the, in the Spider-Verse movies where you see little tingling lines for the spider sense. Absolutely. I appreciate that stuff. But yeah, he's he's just really fun to watch. It does make more sense in water because it's supposed to be like sonar vibrations. Uh-huh. Is it like, I think it maybe outside of water it maybe would look a little bit strange. I know like, the air can also ripple, but water ripples make a lot more sense. You know, they feel more grounded. I was just going to say, in terms of making Aquaman more interesting... I think they did it right by casting against type because Jason Momoa, he's just not a very typical looking action hero, right? He's got the big head of hair and the beard. He looks like a James Bond goon, like a henchman. He does look like a James Bond henchman, yeah. Yeah. But I think that works for the movie. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because there's a lot of like fish out of water type in this movie, except it's a fish in water. Very clever. <laughs> I think there's a bit of that where it's like, well, how, given that there seems to be like underwater civilizations everywhere, it's kind of insane that, that Aquaman has never run into any of this stuff before. But, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I could see. I mean, it's not really that he's never run into it before. He is familiar with the world, but he's always wanted to stay away because they think that they killed his mother. Yeah, I guess Wallen, so. Wallen Dafoe would come and see him and train him, mm-hmm. you know? It, uh, Aquaman kind of rejected that society. And you know what, Nathan? A trident is a cool weapon. Trident is. Trident's a really cool weapon. I think Aquaman was the only person that had one that looked cool. I think Orm's <laughs> one looked really geeky. I was I was unclear on the level of technology that the Atlanteans have because they kind of dress like they're ancient Greeks, like the Amazons, but then yeah. they also have like Wakanda technology. It's a weird well, mix going on there. Well, fa- fashion doesn't need to resort doesn't need to meet up with technological prowess, you know. I guess um, not. They were once this super civilization that was above water, and then uh, and they had and they had steampunk mechs. They had steampunk <laughs> mechs. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is the weirdest design choice that they ever made in the film. <laughs> just, it's just a weird little background detail. They, they look like, like nerds. It's like we had we had mastered all this advanced technology when they still thought the Earth was flat. No, they didn't. That's a myth. <laughs> or, Figured out the Earth was a globe thousands of years ago. Oh, it's. It's possible that maybe that's how old the society is, that the time where they really did, before they found out it was a globe, this is when they were doing their thing. See, I assume this was like an ancient Greek thing, because Atlantis is an ancient Greek myth. Yes. So is it? Is this not the same Atlantis? Eh, no, probably is, probably is. Eh, but it could still be a lot longer than we thought it was like back in time could be a lot further away I guess so because the Atlanteans were also there for the war against Steppenwolf or whatever right? yes oh, they were they were in Justice League before their descent into the sea mm-hmm. but yeah um, oh, we don't even start with Aquaman though we start with one of our villains the most confusing of the villains in this film which is uh, Black Manta we do we start with uh, with the family business with the, the family, the well, proud tradition of piracy. Sorry, we don't even start with them. We start with a DH, Nicole Kidman and Kidman and Tamara Oh, we Morrison. do, yes, that's true. And they're having their little whirlwind romance We're with a very a cute dog. And that's, I have my notes here, the de-aging doesn't look awful here. I think it doesn't look awful on this. I think when we get to Willem Dafoe, de-aged, it looks really weird. <laughs> Maybe it's because he's such a distinct robotic goblin face. 
maybe that's it and it's it's weird to see his face not look proper you know yeah oh it was again it was fine with me but he so a, a mermaid of sorts is washed up on Tamara morrison's uh, like he's a lighthouse keeper isn't he kyle he has a lighthouse keeper yes and he takes her in and she's very freaked out and he has a full head of hair which for some reason i found distract more distracting than the de-aging he had a full head of hair when he was Django Fett, Kyle. I know, it's just, it, it to me, it's I, I know him more as being a bald guy now. Oh, but yeah, bald man. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So he takes her in, and she wakes up a little bit freaked out, and she throws a trident through his television. Kyle, is that, mm-hmm. is that cool with you? How would <laughs> no, you feel if you took... that's vandalism, is if you, if you took someone in, and you saved their life, and they proceeded to trident your TV... <laughs> At least she didn't kill the dog. At least she didn't kill it because that was on her mind for a few minutes. She killed the pet fish. <laughs> she ate the pet fish. Yeah, I, ha- I have that in my notes there. Uh, why does Nicole Kidman eat, eat fish? I thought like they were her subjects. No, the the people are their subjects. They still eat fish, right? They still eat something. But they have fish. They have fish citizens, Kyle. Wait, do they? I missed that. There's there's the Fisher King people. They're like fish people, though. They're not like fish animals. I I, I don't know. Okay, we don't eat monkeys. You know, it's it's very strange to me. I mean, what what else are they going to eat? They have to eat something. Kelp. They can well, be vegans. Maybe they have maybe they have kelp people down there as well. We don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. Maybe they come up and go hunting and like they they kill lions and bring them down beneath the water. <laughs> that seems like a lot of work. Yeah, we is go that fishing. Like, is that like the Atlantean version of fishing? Yeah. What would they call it? landing? Landing. <laughs> <laughs> Mammaling? Mammaling. <laughs> well, Kel, we find out an interesting thing about Atlanteans, about how some can breathe above the water and some can't, don't we? Yes, well, you know what? That's on the movie for me, because I was like, well, are they going to establish... Because some of the times when they come up, they have like water helmets on, like in, uh, like in Black Panther. Yeah. And sometimes they can just breathe, and then the movie's like, only the people of highborn blood can breathe the air. And I'm like, okay, fine. Whatever. I don't know what that really means, but fine. It's a genetic mutation. Sure, okay. Because they're all inbred we're, in this royal yeah, family. We're, we're doing eugenics again, fine. We're doing eugenics again. <laughs> uh, so when they're having this world with romance, the Power Rangers come to take her away, don't they? They're not the Power They're Power Rangers villains. They're not Power Rangers. They're the they're Power like, Rangers villains, yeah. When they first show up, it's so weird because you're, you're expecting like these fantasy people to come. And then mm-hmm. suddenly it's like these mech suit guys. I tell you what, this is where I talk about I love the art direction of this film. I love <laughs> that they just went for it. <laughs> I like, mean, yes. It's not CGI either. It's like they built those outfits. No, that's why it looks like a Power Rangers villain. <laughs> yeah, because they're big it's plastic. It's big white, white plastic. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I honestly love it. And we get our first of 1800, the camera spins around fight scenes. Yep. We absolutely do. Nicole Kidman looks great. Or her stunt double, maybe. Mm-hmm. Spinning uh, yeah, around. I, I think all the action in this movie looks good, but I will say the camera spinning around trick, it's like, okay, I get it. I saw it the first time and now you're going to use it ten more times in the movie. I understand. Oh, I understand. I mean, you could. It, there's more than one way to shoot a fight scene, you know? This is his first big action film, Kyle. Let the man okay, use the tricks fine. he likes. He's had, and, and much... As we've come to expect, a lot of slow-mo in this movie as well, as is the DCU flourish. Yes, yeah, so I do. I am led to believe, though, that Zack Snyder had significantly less input in this film. So it's this. I can believe that. He's a credited producer along with his wife. 
but it's an executive producer position, which, as we've spoken about before, can mean everything or it can mean nothing. Yeah. And I happen to believe in Aquaman, it means probably almost nothing. I mean, this is absolutely the most colourful movie we've done so far. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Orm has his elite guards that are red outfit Power Rangers villains. They don't look as good. No, you think the white ones are better? I think the white ones are classier. Well, after we've dealt with Tamara Morrison and Nicole Kidman's romance that has led to the birth of Arthur Curry. Mm -hmm. Why don't we go back to where we were on the submarine and the pirate family co? Yes. So they're hijacking a submarine for reasons that are not clear at this point, but will become clear later. And he hands him his grandpappy's knife and talks about how they were screwed over by the company or something. I can't remember. By the man, Kyle. The man. By the man, yes. And so they took to the seas... Like pirates of old. But also they're like super advanced scuba and they have this advanced secret like manta ray submarine. submarine, yeah. And, it looks um, like uh, the nub, the uh, the Gungan ship that takes Qui-Gon Jinn through the planet <laughs> core. <laughs> oh god, what's it? The, the, the Bombad something? I can't remember. Yeah, uh-huh. Absolutely. Hold on, let me Google it. We'll edit down all this blank space. Hold on. You can we'll take all the Bombad or something like that. Uh-huh. It's called the Try bubble bongo. <laughs> yes, yeah, so so Black Manta has a try bubble bongo. Yes, <laughs> he does. He does. Kyle. He's a try bubble bongo. But then, then Aquaman shows up, and I guess they already know who Aquaman is. And I think this comes down to the main reason why Aquaman is silly. I think it's just the name. I think the name Aquaman is a bad name from a land. Because- a land person's perspective, though, oh, he's the dude that can go underwater and he's the only yeah, but, one that we know, you know? But you like, wouldn't you know? just call him Aquaman. That wouldn't be the natural name. Like, you call him Iron Man because he looks like a big man in a suit of iron, right? Yeah. You don't, no one ever uses the word aqua to describe anything. You would call him Waterman or Fishman or something. Well, even you wouldn't pe- say Aquaman. Okay, even people in the DCEU, like regular citizens, have like a sense of, well, what sounds better? You know, people aren't idiots. I know no one says aqua, but when they're looking to name something, Thing. Aquaman does sound better than Waterman, you know. <laughs> I, I I don't blame these people for having a sense of creativity and style in their naming conventions. I guess not. He's basically underwater Superman, is what it comes down to. Basically, yeah. I mean, he can be harmed by Atlantean steel, like it's Valerian steel, I guess. But the, you know, the, pe- the people up top think he's just another metahuman because mm-hmm. we're still talking about metahumans at this point, Kyle, aren't we? The metahuman thesis of Amanda Waller. But this, this is... Uh, I mean, it goes without saying, but all of the action scenes in this movie are very fun. Just just like lots of good moments in all the action scenes, you know? Absolutely. You're not wrong That's at what all. I appreciate. My favourite moment is in the action scene in um, Italy, which might be my favourite scene in the whole movie. Okay, go ahead. Well, it's it's just when the guy gets his mask broken and he shoves his head in the toilet to survive. That's hilarious. Oh, I thought it was so silly, Kyle. Be honest with it you. is silly, but it's funny. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, it is. I have, I have here my notes. I don't tell you how to captain, you don't tell me how to pirate. I mean, cool line, but then he immediately stabs him, so it was kind of pointless. Oh, but that's what pirates do. They kill people, Kyle Yarg. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, this bothered me. Maybe you can explain this. Why did the Russian crew start evacuating the submarine? Because uh, uh, they were being attacked by pirates. But Aquaman's here to fend off the pirates, right? Yeah, but 
I honestly I can't actually remember them evacuating. To be honest with you, Kyle, I remember them all they hiding did, in the they torpedo get, room. They get all, they get all the boats. They got the little rafts, and then Aquaman brings them to shore. Oh with, yeah, like, he's them along. Yeah, he speeds them to shore. Was it yeah. not because um, the Manta family set a bomb? Well, no, because their plan is to steal the submarine. Black Manta Senior sets off the the bomb. He's like, what? you you get that son of a bitch, and he's remember that's how he oh. dies. He has a grenade because he's an idiot who fired a grenade launcher inside his submarine. Yeah, exactly. Right? But that's why he dies. Yeah, father of the year. I quite liked that the uh, Russian sailors were... I'm presuming they're Russian. They were so happy. They're Russian. They were, they were so happy to see Aquaman. They were. Yeah, it's a, in my notes they say it's adorable. They're like, it's Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman throws a pipe at Daddy Manta that should have immediately killed him instead of just pinned yes. him to the wall. Well, you know... He has that advanced armor on and pure pirate um, rage, you know? Yes, he absolutely does. And then Manta Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets out and we but find out... I want out- to say, just because his, his yeah. actor has an amazing name, it's Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. What a name. Yeah, what a name, right? Absolutely. <laughs> he's, a, he's a real name and he's got a good naming convention in that family. We don't do the seconds and thirds anymore here, do we? I know, do we? we should bring it back. We should totally do it. We have like someone junior... I don't care. I don't care about Robert Downey Jr. I want Robert Downey the second. You know, uh-huh. but there's no no reason why that can't be brought back, Kyle. Except it sounds a bit pretentious. Uh huh. I mean, I okay. I don't know if we can just go through this movie plot point by plot. We don't. Point we don't need to. We don't be, need to. We're going to be here for three hours if we do that. <laughs> but the rough idea is like after this. This is kind of a setup for a moment later. But the main thrust of this is Aquaman and Mira go on a big worldwide adventure to find a, a, a MacGuffin. They go. They go to find the the people who made the map that will lead them to the trident of King Atlan. You're right. This movie does have a lot with, in common with the Rise of Skywalker, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Like they put the. <laughs> The glass bottle and the hand of a statue of Romulus that leads the way, like holding the dagger up to the Death Star wreckage, and well, why, that, wh- that means that mean that must mean that like King What's His Face was a contemporary of Romulus, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose so, or or after Romulus even because he needs to know the statue exists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It's just like the dagger that points to the part of the Death Star. <laughs> It's exactly. It's just like that. But how did he know that the the statue was going to be like? Because that statue isn't in perfect condition. How did he know the arm was still going to be there? There's so many different um, ways around. And, yeah, and the face has to be hollowed out in the right way. Yeah, ex- precisely, exactly, right. All of this is just wild. But do I care? <laughs> do I heck? Because I love yeah, this it's film. Fun. It's fun. It's fun. We have the big action sequence where uh, Mera and Aquaman are rolling down the buildings, and is it Sicily? Uh huh. And the, the, like that, yeah, that's my favourite scene in the movie, probably, is the scene where Black Fanta attacks. Yes, oh, and I, I have my notes here, though. How did he know how to retrofit Atlantean special ops experimental armour? I don't know, he has his own little Iron Man montage. Yeah, I know, right? It, it's, it's just because it's just a little, it's a, like an Atlantean cannon or something, and he dissects it, it, it can, makes it, it his can eyes. It water into plasma, is what yeah. they say. Yeah, absolutely it does. Which, when you're firing a weapon underwater, seems like, wouldn't it just go off forever? we got to pull the trigger. 
It's like plasma ammunition. Then you need to ignite the plasma to fire I the guess beam. So I can tell you that I wouldn't put that stuff next to my head, but, you know, I guess I'm just not cool like Black Manta. You just need to face the beams away from you, Kyle. <laughs> uh-huh. What do we think of the Black Manta outfit, then? I cannot decide. On the one hand, like, Black Manta always looks kind of stupid with the big head, right? So, you know, just lead into it at that point. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think. I, I'm all about the Black Manta look. I just, something about this film just kind of being really crazy and not really caring, but also still being entertaining, that I just I have so much respect for it for doing that. I think as much as I love that scene, Black Manta's role in this film is very strange. He's like a sort of secondary villain who... Yeah, he, he he's like, he's the henchman villain. He is the henchman villain, but after he gets defeated there, he just doesn't show up again for the rest yeah, of the movie. Yeah, um, he is... A, until the post-credits when he gets saved by Jimmy he Woo. He is essentially... Is it Jimmy what? Woo? It is, right? He, uh, Black Manta yes. in the post-credits. The guy who rescues him is yeah, Jimmy uh, Woo, well, right? I don't know. Is Jimmy Woo not Randall Park? You're right. Yeah, I'm thinking of so, someone else. Uh, well, well, whilst we're on this character, right? That person you're speaking about. He shows up earlier in the film when uh-huh. there's like a bunch of like, news bulletins. He does. He's, like a, he's an Atlantean yes. truther. Which, to be fair... With the amount of stuff that's underwater in this universe, it's impossible that the surface world wouldn't have discovered any of this. Like, seriously. They would have discovered it by accident at this point. Absolutely. I think so too. Well, I mean, some people do know about it. Black Manta seems to be dead set on it. And I know, like, he yeah. was always working for Orm behind the scenes to begin with, but mm-hmm. he still had to f- know they exist to work for him. You know, so there probably is lots of people yeah. that know about him. Uh, some of these plot threads, by the way, Stephen Shin, uh, Black Man, and how he ended up working for Orm in the first place, it all comes back in the second one. All comes back in the second one. Okay. Aquaman 2 is actually a, fa- a fairly solid follow-up, in my opinion. That's quite a ways away from us right away now, though. I only saw it in the cinema a month ago. That's that's the, the end, end of the, the road. road. Yeah. This, this is us, Kel, the Aquaman 1 to Aquaman 2. It's the downward slope. <laughs> Because comparing this, because obviously the big comparison to this is Black Panther 2, right? Because that's the other underwater yeah. one. And there it's just a single city. It's just a Talcan and they're kind of hidden in an underground cave underwater. And it's like, okay, I can believe that no one ever found these people. But the Atlanteans, they don't even seem to be hiding that much. I don't think, I think they're hiding their cities because when Mera takes Aquaman to Atlantis... They have the hydro cannons. Mm-hmm. They say, like, why don't people just go over the walls? Good luck getting over the walls. Like, you're using these high, these like hyper lane tunnels that are just remnants of the old bridge from when this used to be above land. Mm-hmm. It looks like Coruscant. Yeah, exactly. I think, like, the cities are hidden. But it's a wall that you can fly over, which means you can see, if you have a top down view, you can see the city. Maybe it's in a very deep part of the water. You know, okay, they have the, I can believe in a cloaking umbrella, Kyle. The, the film doesn't sure. set it up. I mean, but... t- there is one for uh, for Wonder Woman, so I guess there's one yeah, for Aquaman. Surely, as well. if they're both Greek myths, they both must be somewhere it, in the Mediterranean. The, the ravenous, the ravenous fishmen who don't seem to have a society at all. There's a pack of six million f- evil oh, uh, fishmen. The trench, the trench. So I think they probably stayed in a trench of some sort. When we do our episode talking about projects that never happened, the trench were supposed to get their mm-hmm. own movie. What? <laughs> what does the that tre- mean? The Trench DCEU project was a real thing that the war- executives at Warner Brothers were working on. Was it going to be like a horror movie? I can't remember much about it, to be honest with you, Kyle. Except to say that it was definitely a 
project that they were going to make that was cancelled. Uh, this was also kind of when DC were being very reactionary to their feedback. And after mm-hmm. a kind of divisive Justice League movie, this film made a billion dollars. So they were like, fucking call it on Aquaman. Call in on Aquaman. Its accredited producers were James Wan and Peter Safran. James Wan, obviously director of this, Peter Safran, also the producer of this movie, who is now the head honcho, co-head honcho with James Gunn of the new DCU. Writers, I've got this up in front of me, Noah Gardner and Aidan Fitzgerald. I personally, not really too familiar with their works. It's a cancelled film based on DC comic Savage Underwater Species by the same name to be a spin-off of Aquaman and an instalment in DC Extended Universe. That's kind of all we knew about it. Black Manta was going to be in it as well. I just can't... I just can't even imagine what that would be. Um, the Trench is expected to be modestly budgeted compared to other films. We'll, t- oh, we, we'll talk about it when we get there, Kyle. Right, we'll talk about it when we get there, because I was about to do a deep dive, but I should do all this off off mic. We've been wasting time. I mean, when we're talking about when we're talking about all this stuff, we should also point out the Earth is hollow in the DCEU. But, oh, because we find... Because Nicole Kidman's not dead, by the way. Ta-da! No. Uh, she escaped. No, she's living in the yeah. hollow earth, which is just a fact they just kind of dropped Never in comes there. up again. Never... It's just... I mean, they might as well be on, like, a mystical ancient island, but no, they specifically say they're, un, they're under the surface of this, the earth. This film doesn't hold back, doesn't pull its punches. <laughs> no, it does not. It's, um... It's just, it, like I say, it's like Lord of the Rings. It's like establishing an entire, like, fantasy world here. Yep. We've got alternate dimensions, we've got six kingdoms of different races of men who all descended from, like... They say they devolved or something, which sure it was okay. one of whatever that means. It was one of the species that were like warfare in Atlanteans, like the fishermen and the crab kingdoms and the lost kingdom and the mm-hmm. desert kingdom, and like that was the one that I think kind of maybe started to just their society collapsed. You know, they became zombies. Well, that's the thing too, because that means also the pre the pre um they came before the Sahara became a desert. Yeah, but also they were they were. Contemporary with Romulus. Well, maybe Atlan was. I'm just not sure maybe if any of this was, adds up. But other you know? things had already devolved by that point, you know. But isn't Atlan the first king? Uh, I mean, depends how long. He's, I mean, I guess we don't. Depends how long. I guess his, we don't know how long. Yeah, we his reign could have been a long, long time. Yeah. You know, lots of things could have transpired during his te- kingship. You know, like what's Dolph Lundgren's ancestors got to say about any of this? We haven't talked about Mira yet. Who is the second lead of this movie? Yeah, um, Amber Heard. This was her kind of Amber Heard. Big breakout role, I suppose. Uh-huh. Um, oh, we're, we're not going to talk about the controversial stuff. Don't worry about no, it. No, don't worry about it. It's my, it's my thoughts on don't, that. Don't worry, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I think she's quite good she, in this she movie. She is quite good in this movie. Uh, I quite enjoy her. Oh, we have, I, I, think, I think she and Arthur have good romantic I have things to say. About, I have things I to say about Mera when we get to Zack Snyder's Justice League. But um, <laughs> I really like her in this film. I mm-hmm. buy the the flirtatious sort of jabbing, you know? I think I think they're a really good pair. You've got the serious one and you've got the goofy one, which is always a good combo. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, uh, as, as strange as it might seem, I think they want Aquaman to be the kind of audience villain. Yeah, it- well, he's he's the one who has to learn yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, he is the fish out of water. And Mera... Or the fish in water, as oh, we yes, say. yes. And Mera takes him along for the ride, but then we get that flip at the halfway point where they have to go above water and it's... Arthur showing Mera what life is like mm-hmm. on the land. I she starts this, eating flowers. I'm un- yes, I was gonna say because I'm unclear on 
how much the undersea people know about the surface world. Because it seems like they should know a lot with their advanced technology. I think they're just told we don't go there, you know? Yeah, well, a part of this movie that's kind of introduced and then never really uh, dressed again is the um, Orm. He makes a big wave and throws all of our garbage onto land. Yeah. And th- that seems like a massive world-shaking event, and then they never really mention it again. They go to like a nice island in Sicily on the coast, and there's not like a big pile of trash there. I think know? it might have been like an isolated event. Like he'd done it in like Americans' eastern seaboard or something like that, you know? I thought I thought they showed it all across, like they showed like footage all across the world, didn't well, they? Well, maybe he'd done like strategic strikes on coastlines at certain parts of the country. Or different okay. countries. He didn't he didn't strike this little island in Sicily. Yeah, no. Exactly, right? Like, but like if he hits if he were to hit the, um, an American coastline, he's not hitting every bit of American coastline or every bit mm-hmm. of British or a bit of Japanese coastline, you know? The second movie also talks about conservation. That seems to be Aquaman's sort of hit, hit, hit piece. I was going to say, you might think this movie is about environmentalism. Uh, not really. It's it's like a it's like a plot point, but it's not. that's not it's really what the movie is about. It's motivation for hating man. I mean, I guess his motivations for hating man are, seem quite flimsy. Not as flimsy as Dolph Lundgren's motivations for hating man. But, I mean, they, they've know. been poisoning his atmosphere for the past hundred years, and he thinks it's about time they get their own back. Now, could you solve that with diplomacy? Absolutely. But we're going for Lord of the Rings, aren't we, Kyle? I guess so, yes. The, the kingdoms of man have shockingly little to do with this actual movie, though. No, absolutely nothing to do with this movie. We don't get like a shot of an AC one thirty or something. Just no, or this. like some some military guys in like a boardroom talking yeah. about the underwater yeah. people and how we have to nuke the exactly. ocean or whatever. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we just kind of act like this is Aquaman's fight, which is just the thing mm-hmm. you've got to do with all shared universes. You're like, why we need an excuse as to why you know Iron Man can't come yeah, help Captain America. It's the classic like, why don't you just call the Justice League question? Yeah, absolutely. Although to be fair, they don't even address that at all in this movie. Yeah, they don't call the Justice League, but I'm, you know what? I'm fine with again. I'm fine with it. I've I'm so weird about this movie. I seem to just I'm, <laughs> I I respect the movie. I mean, I'm fine with it so in the much. same. I'm fine with it in the same way that I'm fine with it in all of the Marvel movies as well. It's like why don't they call the Justice League or the Avengers? Oh, they're busy. Don't worry about it. But coming, Batman's fighting the Riddler over in Gotham or whatever. I'm sure. And Orm is able to sell the people of the underwater kingdoms that man above land are in fact out to get them by getting Black Manta to hijack that submarine and have it launch a military strike on... Well see, I, I like this little twist. This is a little twist that I really enjoyed is um, he does this and you as the audience like, well this is really obviously a setup. Why is this random submarine attacking them? And then it was revealed later to Delph Longer and he knew it was a setup. He just doesn't care. He just needed the excuse. I thought that was kind of neat. I thought that was kind of neat. He just—he was just looking for an excuse to have a to have a fight. Yeah, I think that makes I think that makes him a more interesting character. I mean, he's not much of a character to be fair, but you know, I, I'm amazed he done this. <laughs> he's unrecognizable in this movie. Yeah. like if you didn't know it was him, I would I would not put say that stuff. In this film, they spent a lot of time working on the how do we get the hair to constantly flow all the time effects. Yes, uh, everyone's wearing skull caps. Everyone's just wearing like. Uh-huh. They get around this sometimes by having the characters wear this really like tight back, like hair tied back. Yeah. So that they don't have to do it. Yeah, like um, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe and um, and Orm both have that really tight yeah, haircut. The man bun. 
Uh-huh. But um, I don't but think you can't do that for Jason Momoa. I don't think this technology had been perfected when they done Justice League because that's why uh-huh. America creates this like air bubble that looks like a reshoot, you know? Yes. Because having them talk underwater with the hair floating around was just something they didn't have time to do. I mean, I'll say this: it doesn't. It's not distracting at all. So I think they did a good job of no, it. Yeah, no, they done a tremendous job of it. Like I think a lot of the underwater sequences in this film look perfect. I think it's probably good that this movie made a billion dollars because I imagine this movie was insanely expensive to yeah. make. This movie is like 90% CGI. I think this film was on the higher end of DC budgets. <laughs> it's two and a half hours and it's 90% CGI. Yep. I mean, listen, this is one of those films where they got a director that was maybe not your obvious choice. They cast it against <laughs> choice and they just went all out on their vision and it paid off tremendously. Yeah. Hence... A trench spin-off, you know? <laughs> when we go to the desert, Kyle, we get a little cameo from Mr. Worldwide himself, Kyle. <laughs> we do indeed, yes. Him singing Africa by Toto, his own version of Remember it. Remember Pitbull? What's, what's Pitbull been up to? Uh, making TikToks, I think. Oh, okay. Making TikToks. Is that, is that a good thing for his career or a bad thing for his career? Everyone loves him. He still sells out any any studio, to any stadium tour he does, so I think he's doing okay. One of my notes about this movie is this movie feels like we're just going through different movies for a little bit, because this is the part where we enter like the Uncharted, Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider type yeah. movie. Yeah. Where we have to explore this underground, and they fall into like... A desert slide that is straight out of a Tomb Raider game. That's something that Lara Croft would be <laughs> yeah, following. Yeah, it is down. a video game mechanic, isn't it? I'd like. I guess. I guess we're saying that the under the underneath of the Savannah Desert is hollow. I don't know how that works. Uh, maybe it's not as hollow, but that sand is in fact covering up caverns, and there is some natural sunlight. So there must be some cliff faces in the Sahara that we don't know about. I feel bad for that pilot who has to replace that door now and fly all the way back with his with his back door open. That can't be good for your aerodynamics. Yeah, he got some drag. Yeah, yeah. All those, all those, all those animals are gonna freeze to death. Let's hope the Saharan heat can do something about that. <laughs> Maybe so. Redheads gotta love him, Kyle. Yep, got mm-hmm. gotta love him. <laughs> he could have just peed on it. He could have just peed on it. Exactly. Exactly. What? Um. We, are we buying all this, Kyle, so far? Are you rolling your eyes? Are you thinking this is a bit of a stretch? Or are you just having a great time? I'm just enjoying the ride. I, like, it, this is one of those movies where you can nitpick it to the shreds, most likely. But you don't want to, because you're enjoying the adventure. You are enjoying the adventure. We have uh, Gimli as a crab king. Gimli Incredible. Lord of the Rings. Incredible. Or Salah from he's Indiana Jones. The, he's doing, yeah, he's doing the Gimli voice and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was... To- we will not bend to the whims of you Atlanteans. <laughs> yeah, I lost my arm. I've lost my arm. <laughs> That'll grow back. Incredible. And I love that they just introduced the Kingdom of Crab Men in the last half hour of the movie, and you're like, sure, there's a Kingdom of Crab Men now, and we're going to have a big fight, why there's not? There's like the Seven Kingdoms for the Seven Seas, presumably. Is there seven? I guess there's seven. Yeah, they do set up earlier in the film when Orm's trying to get them. It's like, there's seven. We have the Lost Kingdom and the Trench. Don't really count on them, so that brings us down to realistically five. We have the Atlanteans, mm-hmm. we have Dolph Lundgren's people. Yeah, who are basically also just Atlanteans, yeah, I guess. Yeah, basically. Uh, we have the fisher people, the fisher, the fish men, yep. the crab men. So that's four. We have a random scene where Orm just murders the fish king, and it's like you're the you're the queen now, princess. And in the desert people, it's five. 
we don't really meet the desert people in this film. They do uh-huh. show up. I find it weird that, that the desert people are in the Lost Kingdom. I guess there's two Lost Kingdoms. No, it's the desert people. The desert people show up in the second. Uh, they're not really lost. They're just kind of a bit edgy and don't really show up to any of these meetings. I see. They're okay. kind of isolated people. And the Lost Kingdom is really just dead. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, so that so it becomes Tomb Raider for a while, and then we get into um, the trench where it becomes like a horror movie for a little this while. This is probably where James Wan really shone creatively. Like he knew what he was doing. I mean, it's I I wasn't scared watching it to be fair because that's the issue when your characters are basically immortal. Is you're not going to be super scared it's, that there's any also, real danger. They can't make it too scary because then that ups the age rating. <laughs> Well, yeah, that too. But there is the very cool shot when they've got the flare and they're coming down and it's just a zoomed way out shot and you see how many trench people there yeah, is. there's just like thousands of them just plummeting behind them like an arrow cutting through the water. Yeah. It's a very cool shot. Absolutely, absolutely. This It kind of felt a bit like Jaws in that moment. They're like running around the sides yes. of the ship and everything and it's trying to jump up on them. They just keep beating See, I was them. wondering there though, like why are, why are they bothering with the ship? They, they can both breathe underwater. Eh, so it doesn't it's... take up so much of their own personal energy. I guess not. I guess they lost her, uh, yeah, her her little like fish car got destroyed at some point. Didn't yeah, it did, it? it did. I think that was during the attack on Atlantis. Yeah, so that was when they were escaping. Yeah, because yeah. I, I have my notes here. Um, f- having the ability for those hydro cannons to turn in to face the city, bad design choice. Yeah, I wonder how much collateral damage that caused. Yeah, uh, Atlantis definitely took some hits that day. Oh, they do the fight. They do the fight from Black Panther, the waterfall, the waterfall fight between brothers. But it's in lava. It's basically the same scene. Yeah, but it's and but it's in and lava. the good guy yeah. is T'Chaka. Or to, uh, is uh, not T'Challa? Yeah, they, they flip they flip the dynamic, but it's basically the yeah, same. Killmonger's the good guy this time, <laughs> as he always should have been, haven't I? Right? <laughs> hey, comrades! Hey. <laughs> yeah, and both of these fights end the same way, which is you have to cut your um your opponent's trident in half. That's how you win one of these that, fights. That's how you disarm them sufficiently enough to where you can kill them. Yeah. But in, I guess it's the way defeat a trident. I like a proper film, you would say, Kyle, where like in Justice League where they get their ass kicked and then they don't learn how to be a team better together, they abandon all that. This film is a proper uh-huh. film, Kyle, and that he knows nothing about the rules of engagement, he doesn't know how to fight Orm. And at the end of the mm-hmm. movie, he comes back with the trident of Atlantis and people start to come to his side or at least hear him out. And he has a proper fight with Orm on the surface of an upside down submarine or something. And he does the instant parry move that we saw um, Willem Dafoe do in the training sequence. There is such a metal shot in that sequence. There's a lot of metal shots See in this movie. See the bit in that fight where he's like, time to duel, and then Orm sort of has his back to him and stands up with like the sunbeam coming through of the upside down propellers and the clouds in the sky, the cape fluttering, uh-huh. and he's got the helmet on. Ah. Oh, so cool. It's not. It's always nice to have an action scene where I can see what's happening. You know, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> and it happens way out in the middle of the ocean, so no one's getting hurt except Atlanteans. <laughs> Apart from all the people who die. People. Yeah. No. No way. Because of course, no Aquaman comes out with a kaiju. Yeah, he does. Because when he's in the hollow earth, oh, no, it's the mm-hmm. it's the uh, Cthulhu creature that is guarding. Yes, it's it's the grave mind. King yeah. Atlan's trident. Yeah, and it's like, I have killed many folk who have been here. So lots of people have found their way here before Aquaman, but he's the only one who was worthy. And he was worthy because he doesn't want to be king. It's, it's that old That thing. old chestnut. Exactly, yeah. I, I don't know if... I think it's Trident, the, 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 the golden Trident. I don't know if it's as cool as his mum's Trident, but, you know, it's fine. It may not be as... I do really like... Yeah. 
I think this costume is way better than the one he had in Justice League, though. Because it's brighter? It's brighter, it's more colourful, and just the one in Justice League is just a bit nothing. I think it's supposed to be the same outfit. No, it's not. This this one he has like the scaled, like he has the classic Aquaman scaled um t shirt thing going on. Is that not an Aquaman? No, in Justice League he's wearing like a like a suit of armor. I'm right now gonna have to look up Justice League Aquaman outfit. You're cra- he looks completely different. Because see when you mentioned to me, oh this is a sequel to Justice League and it had like I knew it was a sequel to Justice League, but it hadn't occurred to me really to think about it. Like, oh yeah, where did he get his Aquaman suit from in Justice League? I don't think they say something about him getting like the armor of his father or something. I can't remember. But his father's Jason uh, is Tamara Morrison. His his actual father, who we don't really hear much about in this movie. Not his actual father. His. I guess not, right? Tamara Morrison's his I guess dad. Whoever. Yeah, no, right. I'm thinking of whoever Orm's dad is, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, really it is like, about. it's still Atlantean, but it is more kind of armor. Uh, listen, I have no excuse as to why I've never really lo- thought about it, except to say that I just haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, the gold one from the film is more traditional. I think I prefer his Justice League bit more. Of course you do, because you're, you're an edgy boy. <laughs> I just think it's, it's got a little bit more going on, but it's not over-designed. It looks a little bit more like it to protect him. I think there's there's one part of his Aquaman outfit I don't like, mm-hmm. and it's the little flap he has on his bottom. Does he have a flap on his? It bottom? looks like he's running around wearing like when you see like a comedy like a knight in shining armor. He's not got his armor on fully yet, and he's just running around wearing like a chainmail top, and it goes down to like his uh-huh. thighs. It's like that, but except it's all well measured. Except on his rear end, he has like a little flap. <laughs> I cannot say I noticed little that. Flap. It's in his Fortnite skin too. It's not it's not as scaly. It looks more like four different layers of armour plating Mm -hmm. but it just looks like it's sort of just flapping about there I don't like it Oh, there's there's something in my notes of one of the major nitpicks you could do if you were looking out for this thing which is how on earth did they get out of the Sahara Desert to Sicily yeah I remember you brought that up as well in your notes Um... they, they just cut and suddenly they're in Sicily whereas other side of the world middle of a desert they were already stuck in a tomb. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And Indiana Jones just don't worry about just it. time dis- dissolve shots with uh, the map over the top of the plane route. It's that would have been pretty funny if they did that, to be it's fair. It's fine. Like, I'm fine with it. They they are capable of doing supersonic speed underwater. It takes them an hour mm, to get back but, to the war. You know. And then they just get there in half an hour, right? Uh-huh. And I guess they don't need they don't need to drink or eat while they're in the desert. Uh, he, he can pee on it. <laughs> Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> like you said, Kel, you can really nitpick this movie to shit if you want to. No, and yeah, but it, it's fun. And yeah, just the whole action scene in Sicily is all worth it. They, they smash into that old lady's room and she just doesn't care at all. I would have thought she would have got up and started like doing offensive Italian gestures, you know? <laughs> she She's like 90 years old, she just doesn't care anymore. She's ready to die. She's just like, oh, well, that's horrible, that poor old lady. <laughs> Oh, but then there's the scene where Mira uses her powers to kill people with wine spikes. I love Mira's telekinetic ability, or is it would be hydrokinesis? I don't know. I don't understand how it works. Like, why can she do this and no one else can? It's just like a quirk of maybe her royal bloodline. I guess so. Does that mean Dolph Lundgren can do this yeah, as well? Yeah, I bet so. I don't find that too hard to believe that he could do that. And of course they have the classic big kiss moment in the middle of a battlefield where millions of people are Yeah, dying. I love it, Kyle. I love it. It's, it's like um, <laughs> when Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan get married in Pirates of the Caribbean. 
In the in literally yeah. in the middle of a naval combat situation where mm-hmm. they're being boarded. Oh, the other thing is, even if he's wearing Atlantean armor, Black Manta would have absolutely died when he fell off that cliff. Did you see that fall? Yeah, and he was his armor's pretty knocked up. Yeah, and then he and then you see him in the post credits, and he's just like, oh, he has a broken leg. He also has a massive scar on his head. Okay, sure, but yeah, he he absolutely would have died. Oh no, yeah, he absolutely should have died. So uh, we've danced around this, but I will say, um, I think our main villain is a bit generic. Orm. Yes. How? I mean, I'm 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 trying to picture a personality for him right now, and I'm struggling. Well, he's he's kind of like Loki, but if Loki actually got the throne that he wanted, but then still wasn't happy with winning. I mean, he's not like witty like Loki though. Oh, he, he, and also, he already has the throne. He is the true king. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's like if Loki got what he wanted, like because Loki was always the more kind of serious brother. And Thor was that's all, not true at all. Oh, yeah, well, totally he was. I mean, he might have been a snipe, conniving, sniveling little shit, but Thor was the party boy. You know, he was reckless. Yes, so. he was reckless and ruinous, and that's why he got banished because he didn't follow orders and he had, he had his own ideas uh-huh. of doing things. And then they found out Chris Hemsworth was funny and actually leaned into the comedy <laughs> side of things, right? <laughs> but Loki uh-huh. was always the kind of proper kind of respect this respect things, you know. Mm-hmm. And people didn't like him because they thought he was like you know they thought he was a snitch essentially I think. But this is it. This is this is if Loki got Loki got the king just ship. He got what he wanted. I I feel like obviously they established the whole pollution thing, but I don't know if they establish a proper like personal motivation as for why he wants to destroy the the human world. Yeah, well, I mean, I it's the, it's the whole thing about well, I can see where he's coming from, you know. <laughs> if I can I'll be honest well, with you humanity has spent a hundred years poisoning the waters they have the ability to stop and they choose not to it's injecting social commentary into your film Kyle because we all know this is true okay Nathan but they the, the human worlds they don't know that there's a civilization of water people living under the ocean yes I feel like if the water people living under the ocean just popped up and said hello, they'd be like, oh shit, we should stop poisoning these people. I, I, well, I don't think that's necessarily true, to be honest with you. I think once they realised that the ocean people have super weapons, they would realise well, yes, that. Yes, exactly. But that probably, you know, like, as I said earlier, this could be fixed with diplomacy, but we're doing Lord of the Rings, aren't we? I'm just saying genocide is, generally speaking, a very, like, unrelatable goal. Well, that's the end point of it. I don't think the film falls to that conclusion, you know? He wants to go to war. I mean, it's pretty well established that the Atlanteans would pretty handily win that war, though. Yes, poss- yeah, possibly. What do you mean, possibly? I don't think they could prevent a nuke. What's going to happen? You know what, Nathan, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what happens when you send a nuclear missile underwater. I kind of assume it just doesn't go off, right? No, it absolutely Okay, we have footage of this. You know the, the <laughs> bikini at all? Okay, fair enough. But also, like, they have... I'm going to assume that the Atlanteans have, like, the equi- the underwater equivalent of nukes. Yes, possibly. But, I mean, that's that's the Cold War, Kyle. You know, that's that's what happens on land <laughs> as well. Everyone's got their big nukes and we're doing an arms race. Might not be clever. Also, you can, only, you can only nuke Atlantis if you know where it is and they don't know where it oh, is. the course of a so. war, I think we would find that out, you know? Like, I think Black Man is not, surely not the only person that knows about the underwater people. As we know, we have Dr. Stephen Shin, the truther, on TV. I I just feel like one Atlantean soldier seems like the equivalent of about 100 human soldiers. Nah, a machine gun's a machine gun. 
Their armor is like super, super strong. They're like the elite forces. Not every soldier's outfitted with that. I kind of think they are. Nah, they're not. This this movie to me seems to want to establish that Atlantean steel is basically like vibranium. Well, I don't think so. I think that um, the the faceplate they have with the water in it could probably pretty easily be shattered. Maybe? I don't know. I feel like that's the thing you want to armour the most on your soldiers, especially when they're going above land. You would think so, but it looks pretty brittle. Also, he can launch massive, like, apocalyptic waves at the, at the coasts. Yeah, he can. He can. I mean, listen, the, the, the threat is this is a superior species in terms of military capability than humanity. If they were, like, a little tribe that could do nothing to society, there wouldn't be a threat, you know? Yeah, exactly. That, that's... That's the thing. Because we're it's, doing a war. It's, it's, we're it's, doing a war, Kel. That's his motivations. He wants to go to war. But social commentary, yeah, well, what's, Kel, what's has his reason end? for what's going to war is they're poisoning the oceans. What's his end goal of this war, though? It's all, he's, he's not going to stop when all the armies are defeated. He's going to kill all the humans. That's he, his plan. He possibly could. He possibly could. I think maybe he would just want to conquer them. He could be a benevolent dictator. He could be a lovely king. I don't... That's not the impression I get from oh, this guy. Oh, because he's a baddie and the film's dramatic and it's got to paint him a certain way without actually fully discussing the reasons, right? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yes, but I'm saying it's fine. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I'm giving you kind of fucking reasons to justify in your head. Headcanon, Kyle. Because the film doesn't uh-huh. do anything to necessarily refute those things either. It sort of just leaves it out on the table. Uh-huh. And he's he's forcing Mira into an arranged marriage, I guess. Aquaman stole his woman. Uh-huh. What do we think? You know, I forgot Dolph Lundgren was her father. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't come up all that no, often. No, it doesn't. But when they show up in Aquaman 2, The Lost Kingdom, Dolph Lundgren is mm-hmm. in it. And I forgot watching it that, oh, actually, Mira is your daughter. Well, my understanding is they cut her a lot from that film, right? Dolph Lundgren's probably in it more than she is, but, like... <laughs> still, Dolph Lundgren should still have some sort of, you know, oh, that's my daughter. But I suppose they might not want to remind audiences of any connection to her at that point in time. Well, yeah, that's that's the whole thing of why um, why Orm is employing Black Manta in the first place. is because Black Manta can kill her without any any political backlash. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, then it's a justified that it's, an assass- it's a political assassination and we can go to war with the humans. Even though he's sending them with, like... Atlantean elites, so anyone who comes across that crime scene will see that the Atlanteans were a part of this. He has um, he has hydro-hologram technology, Kyle. He does have hydro-hologram technology. He, he pays Black Manta and silly underwater treasure gold coins. <laughs> he pays them in pirate gold, yeah. <laughs> in a little bag that bursts as it hits the floor. In traditional yeah, country. I'd be like, excuse me, could you just hand that to me, please? That's all going to get into the water. I, I would, I would more like, can you, tra- you know, can we, do you check? <laughs> you got, do you pay in credit? <laughs> I have an account number. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Like, it's it, at a certain level, it's her job to nitpick a little bit, Nathan. Okay, but I, again, I did, I did quite enjoy this movie. You did enjoy this movie, yes, I understand that entirely. So did I, Kyle. But that's why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like headcanon in some of the holes that might be there. Like, like when they, when they get right in, in, in a whale, and he says it worked for Pinocchio. It didn't work for Pinocchio. Pinocchio got swallowed by the whale by accident. And then he had to escape the whale. The whale was the bad guy in Pinocchio. Aquaman probably knows the Pinocchio story about as well as 70% of the human population, which isn't <laughs> a lot. People know 
A puppet comes to life. He runs away from home. His dad's his puppet maker and is distraught, and something happens with a whale, and that's the story. He knew, you have he knew something about a whale, though. Yeah. I didn't know anything about a whale until I actually watched. The well, movie, I was going to I was so. going to say like there's been like a resurgence in Pinocchio trenders because of yes, the, the lies of P. We're at Pinocchio Renaissance. Yeah. yeah, it's not because no, of no, it's not because of the lies of P. Right, but that's the most recent one. We've had a few in the last couple yes. of years, but most people just generally have a vague sort of shadow outline silhouette idea of what Pinocchio is in the story, right? Aquaman mm-hmm. probably knows as well as those people do. I'm just saying Finding Nemo would have been a much more relevant um, reference. I don't think they were going to touch any Disney stuff. <laughs> I guess not. You know, I don't think so either. I don't think they would. But that's, that's a movie where they actually get a ride from a whale. Yes. Well, a turtle. Don't they also get a ride from a whale in that movie? No. I'm sure they, there's a scene where they sit in the mouth of a whale. Uh, I think they get eaten by one, but I think they, they break out, do they not? They see a whale in the it's, distance. I, it's been a long time no, since I watched Finding Nemo. No, there's a, there's a scene where Dory speaks whale, and she tells asks the whale to help them. No, it, but it goes away because she's speaking gibberish. <laughs> She sees it in the distance, yeah, and it goes away because there's like, a, like there's another threat coming along or something like that. Yeah, but then the whale eat. Okay, we're not gonna get into debate about Finding Nemo. <laughs> I haven't here, watched okay? Finding Nemo in like fifteen years, I, and maybe I watched it before <laughs> Finding Dory came out. So that could be a lie. I really don't remember though. Uh, anyway, we had we had the movie with the scene where. Nicole Kidman reunites with Boba Fett. That was nice, wasn't that it? That was. It was really nice because I really bought their relationship. I, I don't understand. I, I'm i not actually clear where Aquaman lives. What country is it supposed to be? Uh, it'll be a, like American East Coast lighthouse somewhere in New Hampshire. I, but they have, a, they have a Kiwi lighthouse owner It's there. a long story. <laughs> I guess so. It's just a long story. People can immigrate, you know, and he spends a lot of his time in Norway, maybe. Yeah. So, like, that's a okay, that's where he is. Green, up, in, up in Greenland, maybe the lighthouse is Nova Scotia. Maybe he is. Maybe he's Canadian. Maybe he is. Canadian. <laughs> he just swims across the Atlantic with his supersonic speed. Mm-hmm. It does make you wonder why they need cars, but I guess this is like why Captain Marvel has a spaceship. It's like he needs somewhere to live sometimes, right? And also, like, why do we need cars? We can walk and run places. Like, I. You don't want. It's a, you it's, don't want to. He can go faster than the cars, though. That's that's a different thing. I wonder if he can go faster than the jet propulsion little spear it's, things that Mary was using. It seems like he can. I guess it's tiring. Yeah, he uses but energy. It seems like you he know, can go pretty fast. Like if he needs to get anywhere in a flash, he can jump out and speed along. But nah, he's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> it's so they can sit and have scenes where they can talk instead of just having their heads smashed into war. Yeah, I guess that's it. That's, that's exactly it, Kyle. So we spoke about our post-credit scenes already, didn't we? With um, Stephen Shin. There's just the one. Yeah, right? it's just the one with Stephen Shin finding Black Manta and mm-hmm. sort of being like, "Oh, you know, show me how to find Atlantis," and he was like, "You show me how to kill Aquaman." Roll credits. Yeah, and I guess that's a tease for the sequel. I assume. It's yeah. Oh, I'm amazed by the way because when I watched this film for this podcast. Mm-hmm. I had seen I've seen Aquaman two twice in the cinema, and I he's the Stephen Shin and Black Manta are both in that film, and I forgot he was in this one as well. I completely yeah, so yeah, they, they carry they it do forward. carry it forward, which I'm shocked about considering how many twists and turns the DCEU has gone on 
Um, but I suppose this, 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 is, this is what post-credit scenes are supposed to be. It's just we've become accustomed to them not being yeah, that. Yeah, we've become accustomed to them not being that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Where we get Thor 4 and it's like, hey, Hercules is here now. Will he show up again? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? Oh, well, that's a, the, the meaningless <laughs> issue that post-credit scenes have become is something we can talk about at another time. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so that's it, Kel. We've, we've discussed 2018's Aquaman. Do, do, we have discussed 2018's Aquaman. Do our outro, Kel. Do that. Well, no, we have to first establish what we're doing next. Well, that's true. That's true. What are we doing next, Kel? So... Of course, our next our next episode will be on 2019's Shazam. Oh, Shazam! I love Shazam. It's got an ex- the exclamation part is part of the title, so I guess we have to print it says Shazam. Yeah, oh Shazam! We're going to be talking about 2019. 2019's Shazam. 2019's yes. Shazam. A great film, honestly. For a while, it was my second favorite movie in the DCEU. It still may be. Um, What's your favorite? Of course, it was Man of Steel. Oh right. Of, of course. Of course. <laughs> I, I really like Shazam. It's nothing like Man of Steel. I think you'll quite like it as well. It's it's a neat... I expect Shazam to be one of my favourites from what I've heard. Yeah, it's, it's a neat little film. We can speak about it more when we get there. I hope you enjoy it as much as I have enjoyed it. And I hope you, audience, have enjoyed listening to us as much as we've enjoyed talking. Yes, well, of course. Thank you for listening. Nathan, where can people find you? People... On the internet. People can find me on the internets at Nathan Tinney on Instagram and Twitter and Blue Sky and Hive. Going to keep plugging Hive till I get a follower on there one day. <laughs> um, I also run the at Enter the DCEU account on Twitter, which is our Enter the Snyderverse account there. I have great fun sometimes posting polls and maybe retweeting things and getting to the discourse on that account. Um, Kyle, where can people find you online? People can, of course, find me on YouTube at Kyle the Scott and basically nowhere else right now. I'm doing a bit of a social media detox. But, you know, um, follow me there anyway. Why not? That's where he puts all his best takes. It's where I put all my best promotion for my YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Definitely true. You still use Twitter for posting links to promote your video, though. Yeah, I just I have it deleted on my phone, but I still have it on the browser, obviously. You can also so find the link there. both of us on the podcast feed for name not included on all good podcasting platforms you can maybe we'll be doing one soon maybe we'll be doing one soon we will see anyway thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time for Shazam Shazam